Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, I welcome my friend David Waldy to the show to discuss the steps that he took to find his genius and help us find our own genius. David is the co-founder of Generation Impact, as well as one of the head trainers for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi at mastermind.com. My biggest takeaways from this episode are number one, building systems for success and the necessity of building good habits. Number two, why asking the question, does this idea make money, is not a bad question. It's just not the best first question to ask. Number three, how David gets past the dreaded imposter syndrome. And finally, I learn why David is always smiling. So today, we are thinking big with tips on moving forward with our dreams and our own genius. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Thinking Big Tribe, I want to welcome uh, David to the podcast today. And for those of you who don't know uh, David, now one thing, so there's one thing I got, I, I have to ask you, because yeah. sometimes it pisses me off a little bit. You're always smiling. You're always happy. <laughs> you're always, and sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, I'm like, son of a bucket, you're still smiling. You're still happy. <laughs> so people who don't know you, you are always optimistic. You are always smiling. You are always so damn happy happy. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I appreciate that. What's really funny is, um, thank you. Thank you for, for saying that, Sean. Um, what's what one, a lot of people find interesting is that I'm actually, and most people don't believe me when I tell them this is that, um, I'm actually an incredibly pessimistic person on the inside. I am, I'm the one who uh, I'm not naturally an optimist, although externally it does appear that way, but it's something that I've had to create and craft um, because my natural tendency is towards what's going to go wrong, what is wrong, um, all the problems, the frustrations and things. And so I've had to do a lot of internal work, um, not saying that everybody has to be happy. I'm definitely not happy all the time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, I, I have been able to shift a lot of that because of some deep internal work and just being able to shift my, my paradigm, my perception of the world. And, um, but I, I, I consider it a compliment. So thank you. It tells me that the work has been worth it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and let me, it's, it's, uh, it's noticeable. And, uh, sometimes again, awesome. sometimes it's like when I'm in a bad mood, it's like, stop smiling, stop, stop being so happy all the time. <laughs> and congratulations. Yeah. You have a new addition on the way, a third kid. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Thanks, man. We're super excited. Uh, our little one should be here end of December. All that goes according to plan, which you never know. It's going to go according to plan, but uh, we're super excited. Uh, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. I'm sure we'll find out uh, here in the next few weeks, but um, very grateful, incredibly blessed. So I assume that's that would be considered a COVID, COVID baby? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Well, what's really funny though, Sean, is like with, with all this COVID stuff, to be honest, man, like I know it's, I, I and I don't want to, you know, to diminish how much it's affected a lot of people. I know it's affected and it's definitely had its effect on us, but as far as our like day to day, um, 
I was doing this before COVID ever happened. So I was working from home. And so we had created uh, kind of a healthy dynamic for what it looked like for me being at home. And I know a lot of people just in the last year, year and a half, uh, they were not familiar with what that felt like at all. So there was a lot of adjustment, a lot of transition. And so um, it it's kind of just been the natural flow and, and normal day-to-day business as usual, but with obviously all the extenuating circumstances that come from not being able to go to some of the places we used to and friends yeah. and family and all the meetings and church and all the stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I don't want to rain on your parade, but I, I've got to tell you, you, you might not fully comprehend this yet or understand it yet, but those mm-hmm. kids, they reproduce, <laughs> they make grandkids. I've heard. I have heard. <laughs> it, it, I've heard. It, it's a stark and hard reality when that happens. <laughs> they they yeah. keep going. It, it, they, they reproduce. Uh, <laughs> now, part of, you know, so a lot of my uh, listeners within the Thinking Big uh, community are new entrepreneurs, you know, they're new people. And especially with, you know, as I said, with, on, on COVID, especially what's happened with uh, with COVID, yeah. A lot of people are being forced to mm. do their own thing. They're being forced to, you know, I hate to word the, use the word, but pivot there, you know, it's used so much, but <laughs> people are being forced to, they're being forced yeah. to do that. And there's no other way around yeah. it. And right. getting the skills and getting, I don't know, the mindset, getting, you know, getting into that where you run your own company or you have a side, yeah. e- even a side gig in a household. I, th- I think every... To me, every household in the next couple of years is going to have a side gig that they're yep. working on, either as a family or one of the people uh, within the within the you know household, or is going to be running right. a side gig. So, learning how to do these things to you know to run these uh, you know run these businesses is is really what they are. Is run these businesses takes a lot of it takes skill, and yeah. it's not so you know you've been doing this. Let me ask you this: Was mm-hmm. it just all? happy, go lucky, easy. You, you figured it out the first time, you know, you just, you, you just turned, you know, you, you just started something and, and, and wow, you're successful. And, and, uh, I assume that's, that's how it went for you. Yeah, man. It was like, it was <laughs> zero to eight figures in like 2.7 seconds, like no problems. Uh, just magic. It's just, you know, you just got to push the right button. Right. Um, <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely, uh, the, most challenging thing that I think I've ever had to go through. And it, it was coming off of a, uh, a season of life that was already incredibly challenging with my, my previous job. So a little bit of my background, I, I've been in sales and marketing in some capacity for my entire career. And so I, I will say that I had developed a skill set that was very useful uh, in becoming an entrepreneur. I had years of experience and understanding what it looks like doing front uh, facing sales, you know, inside, outside sales, how to how to deal with and navigate communication and uh, the challenges, operations, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I feel like I, I, I had developed a very useful skill set in walking into it. So I might not have faced uh, exactly those similar challenges, but I will say that, um, Sean, there were, you know, I remember countless times just and this, this doesn't sound very manly, I know, but just curled up in my wife's arms, just weeping, uh, questioning everything, questioning who I was, questioning what I was created for, questioning whether or not I actually had any real value to give to the world. And, and really going through this 
this process, I think, especially, um, I think men feel this a lot of that pressure yeah. because my wife's been a uh, stay at home mom, you know, since we, uh, since we brought home our daughter. Um, and so we were single income family for a while. And then for me to up and transition out of a very successful career, I had, I had achieved the quote unquote American dream, uh, at, at what I feel like was a relatively young age, mid twenties, making six figures, uh, glass corner office, company car, company credit card, you know, the whole nine yards. And, uh, I walked away from that for a number of reasons and, um, and went to zero Yeah, and it was terrifying. And there were months and months and months where I had to swallow my pride every single day and say, I'm just going to create consistency. I'm going to model success of what I've seen from those that have achieved this. I'm going to align myself with people that are are proactively creating their future, understanding more about who I am, that believe that success is found in serving. And I wanted that to be true. I hadn't really, I had somewhat proved it in my sales career by leading with, with, with what I call fierce empathy of really seeking to understand serving people well, helping them. But I didn't know if that was going to work as an entrepreneur because everything that I saw online uh, was really douchey sleazebag marketers that I was like, if that's what I have to become to succeed, I don't know if no. I'm cut out for it. So, right? so you, you, you know, you don't like that bro marketing. <laughs> I, I'm just not, I, th- I think there's, um, I think there's a lot of substance that's missing from that. And I think that there's a lot of people that are, are building very shaky ladders. Uh, they don't have a solid foundation. They, they don't have actual trust from their client base and they haven't, uh, they really haven't defined why they're even doing what they're doing. Right. They they say, I want to make a million dollars. I'm like, that's great. That's fine. It's absolutely possible. Why? <laughs> right? Yeah. And why do you want to do that? And what's funny is Go when ahead. when we ask people mm-hmm. that, a lot of times they don't know. They mm-hmm. don't know why. They they don't have that yeah. uh, don't have that figured out. Now you mentioned something, you know, earlier about uh and and I think it there's a lot to it is the persistence of moving forward and the persistence of keeping going. And you, you hear everybody, I don't care what book you read. I don't care <laughs> all, of the, books, all right? of the books. You know, one of the things it's going to tell you, you got to have persistence because life's going to beat your ass up. You know, one way or the mm-hmm. other, it's going to beat you up sometimes. And you've got yeah. to, every successful person I've ever talked to, I've ever had on the show, I've ever been with, all has the story of, you know what? It was tough. But mm-hmm. I had to keep going. I had to stay persistent, and only then yeah. did uh, did it happen. Did, did I become successful? Was because you you yeah. people just don't understand. It's not easy. It's you know. There's yeah. a lot of things. If you love it, to me, so this is going into a different direction. But if you love something, it, it's easy. But it's still not easy. It's still a lot of right. work, you know a lot of work to to do. Yeah. Well, how how I like to frame that is that a lot of people confuse simple and easy. Yeah. That. Once you've been in business for a period of time, you start to realize, wow, this is actually very simple. It's not easy though. And that's where I think a lot of people misunderstand is that uh, we talk a lot about working hard on yourself and, and working working on your business and hard work, hard work ethic, all those types of things. And I think sometimes there is this uh, confusion uh, that, that, that gets created because we we usually don't have the backstory. We just see the form or version, or uh, we see this the, the out, outward um, indicators of right. what success can be for a person. And 
a lot of the world will just label that well they're lucky or they came from money or they had a you know the right opportunity and the more and more that i've progressed into this and just similar to you connected with other people and had these conversations and said okay is this the story is this that what has to happen if you're going to create success and every single person is the same is that yeah no one saw me when i had uh, a tiny 10 foot by 10 foot office and i was working off my laptop and uh there's frito lay bags around <laughs> and there oh, and every yeah. single night like i'm I'm working early on for me, Sean, because uh, I started my, building my business while I was still working full time. And, yep. and hopefully there's some that are listening to this that will find it useful is that I'm not an advocate for the hustle and grind lifestyle, like kill yourself at the expense of, you know, creating that success because right. I believe in alignment. I believe in taking care of our families. I believe in rest. I believe I, I definitely believe in naps. Like I'm a big fan of naps, <laughs> but I think there are concentrated seasons and periods of time where we have to be willing to say, I'm going to push right. the limits of my potential because I want this so bad. And so for me, I was at the time, you know, I, I cut my teeth in coaching, working in the corporate space because of my sales and marketing background. So I had become a top 1% producer in this company it generated about $400 million a year. And, uh, I didn't realize that my sales approach was different. Like I wasn't a script reader. I didn't follow the, the, the protocol and they started asking questions. They're like, are you, is this ethical? Like, what are you doing? That's illegal. How are you generating millions and millions of dollars in revenue? Can, can we have a conversation? I'm like, am I in trouble? <laughs> and uh, what I realized was that this belief that I had, had really fostered from a young age that uh, kind of stems back. If you're familiar with Zig Ziglar, mm. he has something that he talks about is that, uh, you can have everything that you want in life if you'll help enough people get what they want in life. Yeah. And uh, I believe that's a philosophy. It's not a tactic. It's not like I'm going to help you so I get what I want. It's more of a life philosophy of serving, of yeah. loving, of giving. And so every client interaction that I had was just focused on, hey, I don't know if I can help you. I don't know if this is the right fit. We need to have a conversation. I want to make sure this is what you need. This is what you want. And building that trust and rapport. And so I ended up they transitioned me into a role where I was, I was started coaching, started coaching and training sales professionals, which is why I started to realize, okay, I have a skill set that maybe a lot of other people could use in different industries. I feel like people need to understand that if you want to grow your business, you don't have to be a spammy, sli a slimy, you know, salesy type person. Right. You can lead with kindness. You can lead with care. You can lead with compassion. You can lead with these different things. And I didn't see that being preached much in, in, in any sales and marketing books, except for some of the older ones, I would say, right. I was like, wow, this is, this is right. Yeah. But all that to say, Sean, I, I was working 80, 90 hours a week and I would come home. I'd spend time with my family exhausted, just beat. And I would fire up my computer yeah. after the kids went to bed, after my wife went to bed at nine 30, 10 o'clock and I'd work until 2 a.m. And I would get four or five hours of sleep and, um, my health suffered yeah. like bad. I have not recommend it, but I think the principle underneath that is saying, I was just to the point where I said, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I, wow. I don't understand it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to take courses. I'm going to take programs. I'm going to hire coaches. I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to figure this out. Because if they can do it, they've demonstrated this is possible. And I feel like I 
I kind of care a little more than they do. I, I got to be able to figure this out. And, and I, I don't say that in an arrogant way, but just seeing right. the success of people that didn't have any of that, what I wanted as far as the pr- presentation and approach, I was like, if they can do it, maybe, maybe, maybe good guys don't have to finish last. Right. 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 <laughs> you know? And so. one of the things you said about uh, giving, and, and I truly believe in this, we can never have more than we give. We can, I mean, there's a balance to the universe that we can never mm-hmm. have more than we give. And I agree. when you, if you want more in life, the mm-hmm. only way to do it is to give more. You you, yeah. you can't get more than you are. I mean, it's, it's a very simple, you know, it, sometimes it's a hard to realize philosophy, but it is, yeah. it's a universal law. You cannot get more than you, yeah. more than you give. So, you know, I'm all yeah. for, if, if you want more, well, you're going to have to give more. You're going to have to do more. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And one of the things that you, you know, you said about, you know, kind of compartmentalizing or not compartmentalizing, but, uh, you know, focusing very, there are seasons of, of where you have to just get to work. There, there are seasons, yeah. but you cannot do that for forever. And one of the ways that, that, you know, I kind of teach that is when I do, for instance, I do Ironmans. Uh, that's one of the things that mm-hmm. I'm passionate about. I love to do. But if yeah. you look at training for an Ironman, it's yeah. very slow, and then only in the last month, two months, are you working out? Are you training? You know, twenty to forty hours a week. It's a very short period because if you if you try to train like that year round, you will die. You you <laughs> you won't be able to survive. So you have to be able yeah. to have a very good balance. And then those those times, those months, those quarters, whatever it is, you've got to dig in. And, and really yeah. you're, you're going to be doing more, you're going to be tired, but it's not forever. But you know, I, I yeah. love how you, how you did that. And, yeah. and I think it's really, I don't know. I think it's more of a mindset than, than anything. I think that's, that really is a, a, the mindset of, of growth. You know, you mentioned, you know, continuing to, uh, continuing to grow. You, you were going to find out no matter what there, there, there is a way I did. And I did the same thing looking around. It's like, okay. I'm not stupid, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid. They're doing something that I'm not doing, and, and we've got to continue to grow. And I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care if you're already successful. If I, I think Jim Rohn, if you're not growing, you're dying. I mean, it's yeah. You, 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 I don't care where you are. You have to continue, uh, continue yeah. to to grow. So, what have you done in the last, like during COVID? To me. If uh, if you haven't spent some time over this last year and a half during this COVID growing, you lost. <laughs> you lost such an opportunity to to grow and to get better because man, that was just that was yeah. the perfect opportunity to grow. What, so, what have you been doing this last year to uh, to grow and to de- uh, to develop what you do? Yeah, so. It's a great question, Sean. I think that this last year for me has really been assessing. Uh, new levels of de- development and continually redefining who I want to become. And uh, a lot of times people talk about, you know, especially early on, you're like, well, what do I need to do to succeed? What do I need to do to create more success? What do I need to do to, cr- to grow my business? And I had a mentor of mine challenge me a couple of years ago and, and to say, that question will naturally be answered when you define who you want to become, who you need to become and visualizing or using the practice of imagination, the visualization of identifying and anchoring your heart 
in alignment with this individual that you see in the future and saying, right. what in me is not in alignment with that version of who I am. And so this past year for me was uh, a lot of death in me, if you want to call it that, of laying even more and more down of recognizing that um, I, I will never have all the right answers. I'm not supposed to have all the right answers as much as I want to have all the right answers. And uh, there are new levels every single day. And if you are incessant in your pursuit, just constant in your pursuit of saying, I want to chase down this thing called potential. Um, it's uncomfortable. It is very, very, very uncomfortable. Uh, but it's, it's almost like a forced discomfort. I, I talk about yeah. it this way is that a lot of people misunderstand. They think that gratitude and dissatisfaction are mutually exclusive. Like they can't exist together. And I have found that, that real alignment in our lives is when we can simultaneously recognize the blessing and how much we've been blessed and grateful for, even if it's the fact that you woke up this morning, there is something to be grateful for. And looking at our lives and, and, and living in that, that gratitude and that abundance, and then assessing, okay, there's another level. I don't want to grow stationary. I, I right. don't want to become too uh, content is probably the wrong word. I don't want people to misunderstand because of how people contextualize the word content. I right. believe that you can be contented while at the same time discontented. Yeah. Um, and that is this something that I've learned more and more and more is uh, just different levels in business, different levels in my relationships, different levels in my health. And, and really, it's just continually going through this refining process. So the past year, I was just honored to be a part of some... Uh, incredible situations. I was able to share the stage with, with Tony Robbins, uh, with Dean Graziosi, Pete Vargas, Russell Brunson, some people that uh, are world famous, right? That have done some amazing, incredible things. And being in those circles and connecting with other people and realizing that you get to a certain point and you're like, oh my gosh, wow, like this is, this is awesome. I can't believe that I'm here. And then you're like, wait, there's another level. There's another level, <laughs> and so uh, for me, Sean. Along, uh, you know, long story short, the I guess the best answer to your question is really this refinement process of who does David Waldy want to become, and what in me do I need to change, and what do I need to eliminate, what do I need to reintroduce, so that I can step more and more and more into that every single day, and so uh, a lot of reading a lot of courses, a lot of masterminds, a lot of investing in myself, a lot of coaches, a lot of just new levels, new levels, new levels, and continuously pouring out of, of trying to do everything within my power to serve other people and help them and to love them well and to believe in them and inspire them. Uh, so it's been fun, wild, and yeah. definitely pivots. <laughs> yeah, and it, it always sometimes cracks me up in, in a in certain ways when people refuse to invest in themselves. To me, that is the best investment that you can make is in ourselves. It's in ourselves. Now, when you, yeah. So when you were uh, up on, uh, you know, working with Tony and those guys, I, I got to ask you this. At yeah. one point, did you have any like imposter, like I shouldn't <laughs> be here. I'm up, you know, these, these are some big name people. Why am I here? Yeah. 
I mean, it's, yeah. and I think that's human nature. I think we all, and, and most of the people that listen to the show, I had it, you know, I had imposter syndrome big time for a long time. And I think that's, I don't know if it's human nature. I'm not sure, but uh, how do you deal yeah. with that? So I love this question, Sean. And, and yeah, absolutely. You know, it, I, the first time I walked into the room, I was like, I'm, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the wrong room. Like, why, <laughs> why am I here? Um, you know, just looking around at, at people that uh, I had idolized, right. That I was like, oh my gosh, they've, they've, if anybody's made it, they've made it. Right. And then what you realize being in those situations is that, um, we improperly, and this has been very helpful for me, we improperly idolize people and we forget the humanity side and we forget that they're figuring it out just as much as we are. They just have, you know, created some form of success in different areas of their life but they're just as much human as we are. And I, how I navigate the imposter syndrome is really this process, I believe, of loving ourselves, of loving ourselves, of being able to look ourselves in, 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 in the mirror. And for years, I couldn't. For years, I was the guy that would just, you know, I'd look at myself in the mirror and just hatred and resentment and anger not just about my body, but about who I was, how I saw the world, my beliefs, my thoughts, why in the world am I the way that I am, all these different things, like very, very self-deprecating, a lot of self-loathing. And, and so getting into that type of situation, it wasn't like, it wasn't, oh, I've earned this. I deserve it. I'm supposed to be here. Um, it was, it was, the other side of it, but probably to a fault. It was like, I was almost too humble. I wasn't able to acknowledge to myself and accept the reality that I was supposed to be in that room. Right. There was a reason, a very specific reason that I was in that room that other people had seen it. And I had earned the right to be in that room, but I was, it was a form of pride. I was too proud to acknowledge that to myself yeah. and to own it, but with humility and confidence, right? I think that's another thing that people, I think they, they assume is mutually exclusive is humility and confidence. There's a, there's a big difference between confidence and arrogance. Yeah. And usually confidence appears to be arrogance to those that are immature, but it's owning that for yourself and, and walking in and saying, I, I'm figuring it out the same way that they are. I'm here to learn. I'm here to serve. I'm here to love. And I'm here to be the best version of myself that I can be. And I want to hopefully be able to walk away from this experience knowing that I've grown and that maybe I've helped someone else in some other way. And so it, it shifted for me around the imposter syndrome to where I said, I'm not here to perform. Like I'm not here to impress these as much as I wanted to, like you want to, it's like Tony Robbins. Are you kidding me? It's like, <laughs> you want to, you want to make sure you're doing a good job and that you're there's, there's that performance. But what I've realized too is that when you show up to serve, that's really how you take the focus on off of yourself. And right. I feel like it's a true form of, 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 of selflessness, because if we're concerned about the performance, if we're honest, that means we're concerned with others' perception of us. Right. And so it's, it, it is self-oriented. But when we show up to serve and say, I'm here just to give everything that I've got, it's truly focused on who you're wanting to help. And the pressure doesn't completely go away, but it, it helps a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. To me, that's the biggest thing with uh, public speaking is in any, in any type of public speaking is people are so damn concerned with what they look like, how they're going to sound, yeah. how people are going to react that it yeah. just locks you, it locks you up. 
I mean, it completely mm-hmm. locks you up in, in speaking. And, yeah. you know, you'd mentioned some stuff about, you know, the internal, I don't know, the internal problems, the internal things that you do, that we do to ourselves, these, you know, these negative yeah. thoughts that we have. And we, and we, here's the thing, we all do them. We all have these negative yeah. thoughts and we all have, you know, when we do I'm not supposed to be here. What do you, know, who do I think I am? <laughs> you know, you know, what yeah. we all have that stuff. And, and it's like, those are the things that we have to learn to work through or learn to deal yeah. with because we are the most, I'm telling you, we are the most negative to ourselves than to anybody. I mean, if, if I spoke to other people the way I speak to myself or the way I used to speak right. to myself, mm-hmm. I'd have beat the crap out of that guy <laughs> because I mean, it, and, yeah. and we do it and, and we, here's the thing, we yeah. don't even realize that we're doing it. Yeah. It's just built in. It's, you know, that's those negative thoughts. I, who, I think Dr. Amen or whatever, he has that killing ants, uh, mm. uh, killing automatic negative thoughts, but it's everywhere. Yeah. And, and we have to be very mindful of, of how we talk to ourselves and how we, you know, imagine, you, you talked about imagining your future. You know, how, how yeah. do you, what are some of the things that you do that to, uh, to imagine your future? Like what are some of the, you know, do you do vision boards? Do you do, you know, what are, what are some of the things that you do to kind of hone in and get clarity mm-hmm. on, on who you yeah. want to become? Yeah, it's a, a great question. So one of my mentors, his name is uh, Cody Jefferson. He helped me understand this and uh, just for context. So there's a lot of people that talk about calling and purpose and what's, you know, what's my purpose in life or what, a, and, and for years, Sean, I was, I was overwhelmed by that concept and angry because it seemed like everyone else in life had it figured out. And for some reason, David Waldy couldn't figure it out. Like he didn't know what his purpose was as calling. I, um, I, I was very frustrated by that question when people would say, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I don't freaking know. Like, I just like, I have no idea. Right. And it just angered me. Um, but he said something to me one time. He said, he said, David, what if calling and purpose what if the calling and purpose on, on your life is not an expectation to live up to or something to fail, but what if it's, it's a promise of God to live out of as a created being? And it's, for me, Sean, recognizing that we have been gifted with truly unlimited potential. You think yeah. every single couple of years at the Olympics, we set new world records, things that have never been done before. Uh, we're doing things in space and in science and engineering that have yeah. never been done before. Uh, the the potential for the human body, what it can withstand, what it can do, yep. and what I find is that the the center of all of it, when it comes to defining who we want to become, a lot of us have a lot of baggage, a lot of pain a lot of social conditioning, a lot of religious conditioning, a lot of things that we've grown up with that we just believe that's how it is. This is how life is. And this is our station in life. And this is what has to happen. And, and I think when we start to shift our perspective and give ourselves permission, that's the first thing is to find within yourself permission to say, I'm the only one that gets to define this, right? I'm the only one that gets to define who, who I want to become, but then wrestling with that, who is that and, and why, who, who do I want to become? So for me, practically, Sean, to answer your question, practically what that has looked like 
is is a form of vision boarding. Uh, I just don't use the images. I do writing a lot. I will literally map out um, the different areas. And so there there is a visualization practice that, that I use when I go to the gym, for example, when I don't feel like going to the gym. Yeah. Um, there's a book actually that I read one time. It's called The Alter Ego Effect by Todd Herman. Herman. I'm sure your, yep. uh, your audience would find it very useful. That really changed things for me. Because in the book, he outlines this process of identifying and recognizing those things that we've seen in movies or in books or in life that really, really resonate with us in, in such a way that it's like, oh, I really admire that, right? Really admire Captain America, or I really admire this character from this book. I really, and what I started to realize was that there's a reason we resonate with that. And it's because it's like this pull inside of our heart to something about them that they have that we wish we had for ourselves. Right. And so I was able to start crafting this alter ego and I'll, I'll, sh- I'll share, share the name in just a second. <laughs> I can't wait to hear um, this one. Cause I, <laughs> but <laughs> it was this process of, of recognizing, okay, there's a form of me, a form of David. There's a form of Sean. There's a form of every single person that is listening to this right now that has been pushed down by that baggage and that social conditioning and all of our upbringing and all the stuff like betrayal and heartbreak that challenges the pain, the difficulties. And I don't think that we're looking for someone that is out there. I don't think it's defining who we want to become as if it's this abstract thing that we, we have to, we have to discover. I think it's more of an internal discovery process where we're slowly peeling off the layers of things that don't serve us, that are not helpful, and that cause us to show up in, in not the ways that we were hoping to, that we, we don't show up powerfully, we, we feel the lack of, of confidence, or we're not willing to speak our mind, or we're, um, you know, we're not doing any of the things, we're not put, putting forth the action that we want to, even though, you know, in our emotions or our thoughts or beliefs, all these different components that go into why we do what we do. I've found that for me, it is more about allowing that version to come out and stepping into who that person was created to be, not finding them and putting them on or trying to pull things in. It's more of just how can I let go of all this stuff that isn't serving me that isn't serving others that isn't helping others and so i'll indulge you sean the name of my um alter ego is captain daniel staghorn okay (laughs) and uh, i know it sounds funny but i used this actually when i was uh working with with tony and, and and the team tony and dean captain daniel staghorn is is this amalgamation of captain america Daniel from the Bible, Stag, which you can see back there, and then Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. And in different contexts, in different situations, I always wondered why I was so drawn to these figures. Like, what is it about Captain America? What is it about Daniel? What is it about a stag? What is it about Aragorn? And what I realized was that they had elements to who they were as characters that were really this this calling this purpose thing inside was reaching out saying that is who you're supposed to be. There's a part of you and you're not that right now, but I want out. I want to come out. I want to show that I want to be that. And so some of the first times that I started stepping on stage, I, I had to embody 
for me was Captain America. David Waldy had to die in that moment. And I had to say, all right, I'm willing to, to lead in the places where everyone else is not. Right. I'm willing to own the fact that it, just like in the movies, there's only one God, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Respectful, willing to speak my mind, willing to share the hard truth, but willing to sacrifice myself to save others. And putting myself in a position where I'm elevating and serving and protecting and doing what is necessary so that the vision and the mission can move forward right. no matter what the cost. Yeah. And there's a different form I realized of David Waldy that shows up when I step into that. I feel more alive. I feel more confident. I feel more vibrant. I feel, and in that process, you know, Sean, oh, yeah. in that process of just adopting that Tony Robbins, like Tony talks about this all the time. It's like, I crafted this. Yeah. I crafted Tony Robbins out of Anthony Robbins and who he used to be. And I right. created this. I never understood what that meant. Right. I was like, I, what does that mean? Yeah. And then I realized he created that from the inside out, starting the internal work. And when we do that, you and I both know, just like we're talking about, it's, it's the law of attraction. It's manifestation. Yeah. Your life starts to shift and change. Your reality completely shifts, not because things have changed. Right. You have changed, which means they have to change too, because your perception is different. Yeah. And that's a very long-winded answer. Oh, but I'm telling you but I'm telling you there was so much gold. I we could spend 3 hours just on that last little segment because there's so much there is so much in there. And one of the things that you one of the things that you said and I think it's very important to to get it out is we have to be able to learn to act as if. And and I, and I say act as if and not fake it till you make it. You know, people always say fake it till you make it. And it's like, no, you don't fake it till you make it. There's no, that, that is faking it. What you do is you mm -hmm. act as if, you act as if you yeah. are that person. You act as if, because yeah. it's in you. You're, you're not faking it. Yeah. You're just bringing yeah. out that, that person. You're bringing out that energy. You're bringing out that vibration that's within yeah. you. You are not faking it. You are acting as yeah. if you were, you were there, and I, oh, there was so much gold in there, and and that is <laughs> a great book, by the way. You know, those listening, uh, Alter Ego Effect uh, is a is a fantastic uh, fantastic book, and yeah. you know, one of the other things that you said was, uh, you know, you were, you were talking about beliefs, and mm -hmm. to me, beliefs. If you look around in your life, everything you have, everything you are, everything you see, all comes from your beliefs, yep. what you believe in, and because what you mm -hmm. believe in then dictates what thoughts you have, which dictates yep. what actions you have, which dictates what, you know, it all becomes into, into beliefs. And we have to, we have to work on yep. our beliefs. And, you know, I, you know, I work with people and I talk with people and they, and it's like, if you have, if you're not where you want to be in any area of your life, relationships, financial, you know, career with your kids, whatever it is, it's because you have some limiting belief that's holding you back from doing and being who you were meant to be. And, yeah. you know, and for those listening, you know, uh, one of the ways that, that me and David met was through Tony Robbins. You know, we did, you know, some of the Tony Robbins stuff and the stuff that you guys do and the stuff that your, your company does uh, uh, is... It is so needed in, in what we're doing, and it, and it's so good. And you guys have been doing this. God, how long is how, how long has uh, Generation Impact been uh, been running? You guys have been running 
couple of years now, haven't you? Yeah. So the, the company was actually technically officially formed in, um, oh my goodness, when was that? That was, it was only a year and a half ago. So early 2020. And, uh, each of us had our own businesses prior to that, um, before developing it. So we, we both had, or all three of us, sorry, myself, Shane and Sandra, um, we each had just completely different personalities, completely different backgrounds. Uh, I mean, (laughs) as far on the spectrum as, as you can possibly (laughs) imagine, but there was something unique just in the heart of each of us of saying that. We want to help people be able to do this in a way that feels aligned, in a way that they can actually do what they love, being able to serve people well, and to to build a sustainable foundation for the long term. And it was through this process of just all of our unique different skill sets and things that we brought to the table, um, just an amazing opportunity uh, that we we love every single day, the clients that we get to serve, that we get to help. And it, it's an honor. It truly is an honor because there's, there are a few things like seeing people win at that level right. consistently week in and week out, taking back their life, being able to restore balance for their family, getting their time back, their freedom back and actually saying, oh my gosh, I can make a full-time living doing what I've always wanted to do. I didn't know this was possible. And so the reason we call it generation impact is that our hope is that it, those individuals, no matter, you know, whether they ever work with us in a professional capacity, our our hope is that our story, our legacy, what we're actively creating, just even this podcast, that anyone that hears that, that they will create that impact within their own lives. And it's, it's something that will last for generations is, is creating a movement of entrepreneurship where people are really emboldened to share their gift with the world and to not feel bad about helping people solve problems and charging for it. Right. <laughs> a lot know? of people don't. So it, it, one of the biggest things that comes to, you know, comes to me when I was doing that is things that come easy to me, I think mm-hmm. are invaluable. So in other words, if it comes so easy to me, then why, why would I charge someone? I mean, it's, it's easy. It's not, and we don't take that into account. But one of the things that I, I love about what you guys are doing is you take people from not knowing to knowing, from not knowing even what their, people not even knowing what their, their genius is, not even knowing what their gift is to knowing and then knowing how to market it. And so you, I mean, it is a whole big thing from, again, from not knowing anything to knowing everything you need to, to start going into and to really start believing. So I'm going to ask you this, when you take people through stuff, how many Mm -hmm. times have they completely changed their whole direction in, in what they're doing. And, and I say that because when I work with people and I see this and they, they'll come in and they're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then when they actually start diving into them and learning about what their genius is, it's like halfway through, well, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this because this is really the heart of what I need to do. And, and to me, that is one of the biggest things that you, you guys do is it's not just, it's not just the technical stuff. It's not just, you know, here's how you create a business and online. Here's your, you know, here's how you do marketing. Here's how, you, you know, that's, that's there. That's, right. that's there. But you teach yeah. people how to see their true value. And I would venture to say that a majority of people, when they start, don't even know 
what that true value is. And I think that is where, you know, so much of the value from what you guys do is. And, and how many times have I, I, I just want to ask, but there, there has to be a lot of people that go through your stuff that, that midway change, like I'm changing directions. I'm doing something different. Yeah. So it's a great question. And, um, we actually ended up developing an entirely, uh, uh, free course because of this problem. Um, and it's not a problem. A problem is definitely the wrong term because of this challenge that people face, which unfortunately leads to a lot of people giving up. Uh, we recognize that in the same way in every one of our journeys, like for me, I, I'm probably five, six businesses in to where the first ones like failed like miserably it's like and it was like this is not going to work i was trying to make something happen and what i realized was that a lot of people feel cloudy right Right. they feel like i don't have clarity i don't understand like i don't know what that gift is and what ends up happening sean and i see this all the time is they just like they cross their arms they cross their legs and they just sit down right in the middle of it. And they say, I'm just going to think and think and think and think and think and think. And six months go by and the fog is still there. Yeah. And it's only I found in that forward movement of saying, I don't entirely know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And in leaning into that, you start to realize that fog is a very small ring that just is around you. And all you have to do is walk through it. And then all of a sudden you can start to see and you learn more about yourself. You learn more about what alignment looks like. You learn more about your, you know, we start with this framework of who's your ideal client. People are like, I, I have no idea. Hold it's on, like, hold okay. On, on. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that not they're the like, right? Everybody. Right. <laughs> I can't, they're, most people, they come, they're like, well, I just want to help people. I'm like, okay, great. So does the rest of the world in some way, shape or form. But um, I say that tongue in cheek, but it, it, it's because I get it. It's hard. It's frustrating. But to your point, Sean, you know, we ended up recognizing that as a pattern because, you know, our company works with entrepreneurs at a a ton of different levels. I personally, when it came to doing that myself, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of conversations, like one-on-one face-to-face, they're like, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what my superpower is. I don't know how I can help the world. Walking through that process, you find that people sometimes will only get like this little red thread. It's not even the full picture. And they're like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow this and see where it goes. And unfortunately, that's not the news that most people want. They don't want to have to go through the process. They just want the end result. Yeah. They're like, I just want to know what it is. I know exactly who my ideal client is. I know exactly <laughs> the problem that I solve. I know exactly, here's my value ladder. And here's, a, they want that completed product without putting in the work, not only on their business, but in, in self-discovery yeah. of creating that alignment. And so fortunately, I, I haven't had to have a lot of those conversations recently. My team usually manages that. And then we've got the entire free course like, hey, if you're stuck, go through this, go do this first yeah. before, because we don't, we don't want to take your money just yet. Like we're not here to take your money. We want you to get this clarity first. Then when you start creating traction for yourself, you're getting clients, you're working with it, you're looking to scale, you're looking to grow. Let's have a conversation then. Um, because we felt like that was lacking. There were so many people that were stuck in that zone and there were people charging, you know, tons and tons and tons of money. Um, and not that that's a bad thing, but I think that people fail to recognize that is a part of every single person's journey. You're going to have to go through this iterative process where you're learning and developing and growing, and you have to have enough humility to say, all right, maybe this isn't it. Maybe I need to pivot and shift and lean over here. Um, but that's hard and I get it. 
They yeah, get it. It's it's tough. And so for those listening, I, I'm telling you, I've even gone. I've gone through all that free stuff uh, myself, and. You're right. People charge that's – I don't even want to say it's the same stuff, but people for a program that tries to teach a lot of this stuff, people people sell yeah. it for thousands of dollars, and it's up there. And, and here's the thing. Again, we talked about earlier, you have to continually be growing yeah. or you're going to die. It's, it's that simple. And if you go yeah. through some of these modules that you guys have, and even if you learn just one nugget, one golden nugget from it, it's it's free people it's <laughs> and and i'm telling you this it, it is uh if it's not worth it you can have your money back right <laughs> full money back guarantee and <laughs> and it's and it's absolutely and, and it is a complete so the stuff that you guys have up there on generation impact so it's generation impact group uh for those that, mm-hmm. that are, are are listening i'm going to put it in the show notes uh, that's going to take you directly to the to the facebook group that they have all yeah. of those modules are in there go th- sign up for the group Go through those modules because I guarantee, I will 100% guarantee that if anybody goes through some of those modules, you're going to learn something. I don't care where you are. I don't care how much you think you know. If you go through those modules, you're going to learn something. And that's what it's, uh, that's what it's all about. And, and I, 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 I truly appreciate what you guys have done because the amount of hours that it took you guys to create that course, that work – that's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of man hours. You know, that's 20 to 50 years of, of experience that you guys put in there for for people to really just go in. And it, just like at the beginning, I said, you know, why are you always so damn happy? That's just who you are. You know, what you guys are doing, that's who you are. You give this stuff because that's that's who you guys are. And that's uh, that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I get from that group is, is – uh, uh, how much giving there is. And again, you guys are running a business and there's advanced stuff. But if you go through that and you you get your feet wet, you start learning the stuff, there's other, you know, you guys do other stuff, but that is so worth going up there and, and taking a look at that. So again, thank you so much for guys uh, putting that stuff up there. It is, uh, well, it's gold. Sean, thank you. Thank you for the shout out, brother. And yeah, I, I will say just very briefly, um, a lot of, and you know this too, is a lot of the stuff in when it comes to sales and marketing, things like that, uh, what we what we always ad, advocate for is, is trying to teach frameworks. At the end of right. the day, at the end of the day, there are a gajillion different marketing strategies and different yep. sales strategies and closing methodologies and all these different types of things. If you're serious, like anyone is serious about creating traction momentum in their business, you have to look at your business like a separate being from yourself yeah. as another body. It's an entity. If you think yep. about it technically, yep. and we as humans have habits and they create results, whether they're positive or negative is 100% on us. <laughs> if you have the Hobbit or the habit, the Hobbit, <laughs> uh, you're not a Hobbit. If you have the habit of going to Krispy Kreme every single morning on your way to work, you're going to get a result from that. If you have the habit of stopping by the gym every single day on your way to work, you're going to get a result from that. Yep. And what I found is that in business, it is about creating what we call oftentimes systems or processes where you're not relying on your feelings. You're creating habits that are useful to create results with consistency Right. because we don't there, Sean, you know this. There are days you're going to wake up and be like, I just done. Uh, 
I'm just not feeling it today. It. I'm don't, not doing don't, it. <laughs> don't want to do it. Don't want to do that podcast. Don't want to do the content. Don't want to send any messages. But the cool thing about systems is that systems don't care about your feelings. They're in place so that you continue to create consistency and you see that momentum. So this is anchoring back to the first part of our conversation. Yeah. You see the momentum, you see the movement, and you actually get your business to a place that you're wanting it to be. And so you're going to learn. Yeah, I, I love learning. Oh my gosh. I'm, I mean, I've got a gajillion books behind me and there's more stuck up in my attic in a garage all over the house is never stop learning, but understand that it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have if you're not actually executing and creating new habits right. for yourself and your business. Yep. And then assessing your results. If your results are not what you want, change the habit. Yep. Or you haven't been consistent long enough yeah. is, is usually what it comes down to. Yep. Oh, that is good. And I, I really want to thank you for uh, taking the time to to be on the show, to talk with my audience about this. Because it is, I'm again, I, I think everybody is going to be doing their own side gig, their own side hustle. And learning how to do it and be successful at it is... Uh, it, you got to do it. I mean, you, you have to, you have to do it. And so yeah. I'm going to ask you this. What is the best book that you've read probably within the last six months? The best book that I've read in the past six months, I'm actually not finished with it. So I don't know if this one counts, but, um, it's a book called mastery. Okay. Um, I don't know if I have it right next to me, I think it's in my backpack in the house. It's a book called mastery. And very short premise of the book is, is assessing and looking at all those that we have attributed mastery to over the last, you know, thousands of years and looking at those people that in, not just in business in every area of life and recognizing the patterns and the principles that they developed their expertise. Um, you just start to realize that, yeah, there's a lot of repetition. There's a yeah. lot of monotonous of the same old, same <laughs> old thing over and over and over again. But that's why most people don't win. That's yeah. why most people don't become masters. That's why most people don't build successful businesses is because they're not willing to put in the work required. And it, again, like you said, it, it's it's not easy, yeah. but it's it can be simple. Yeah. It's just we as humans overcomplicate it. So I would say that. And then the other one is one that I read at least once a year. Um, it's not a new book, but, uh, I've read in the last six months is a book called the go-giver mm. and that book, uh, has marked my life because yep. it, it, some people think that it, it is the other side of being a go-getter. It's not actually, but our, the concept you talked about of that giving and receiving, there's a, a they break down this concept of talking about in, in life. If we think about the life that we carry in our lungs is that breathing in and breathing out is exactly how abundance and resource can work in our lives, particularly yeah. in our businesses and financial specifically. And a lot of people fail to recognize that if you are holding your breath, <laughs> something's going to happen. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to probably pass out. And that's where a lot of people are doing that with certain yeah. areas of their life, particularly yeah. their money. They're holding their breath. Yeah. Because they're just holding on to it instead of saying, all right, how can I invest? How can I give? How can I serve? How can I support other people? And wreck it? Some, yeah. some people call it karma. Some people call it favor. Some people call it law of attraction. There's all these different terms, whatever you yep. want to call it. It is, it is just this principle of 
if you want to see increase in your life, it, asking the question, does it make money is not a bad question. It's just not the best first question. The yeah. best first question is, does it serve? And yeah. if you can answer that question and help serve other people and you love them well, my friend, I promise you the money will come. Yep. Absolutely. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to be on the show and everybody, again, all the links will be in the, in the show notes to, to go see David and go to, uh, the generation impact group and go and visit. It's again, it's, it's a tremendous resource to have, even if you don't go through all, but go up there and, and, and take a look at some of it because it's, again, it's, yeah, it's gold. Just come hang out with hang us. Out. You can just come hang out in the group. You meet some awesome people, really great entrepreneurs in there. Sometimes I'm a little sarcastic in that group. Do you, do you remember the time I, I, I did the little drawing? I put a little stick drawing of, of the three of you. Was there like one, yeah, I do one hand? We, <laughs> we need more of that, Sean. We need more light because sometimes, I mean, you and I both know as a business can get really boring. That's why we've, we've tried to like gamify a lot of it is yeah. because we want it to be fun. It yeah. can be fun. It can be enjoyable. You can be a goofball. You can be yourself. And um, that's part of same thing for you, Sean. That's part of our unique selling proposition is what yeah. makes us who we are. Yep. That's what's going to attract the right people. Yeah. So I love it. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for, for being on. I'm honored. Thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate it.